we are energy. All our cells have energy. They move and they communicate through energy. So if you have a substance that can align that energy, then you'll have detoxification on your body. You'll have selectivity, for example, for the, for the cancer treatment. Chlorine dioxide is very select because cancer cells have a more acidity around them. You know, they have a swollen process. They have different charges. So that's why chlorine dioxide acts selectively in cancer cells. That is the very valuable thing. And for those doctors that tell me, no, 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 that's, that's impossible. You cannot treat cancer with metastasis with a substance, with chlorine dioxide. Well, I'm about to publish a paper about cancer and chlorine dioxide. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. Well, thank you for joining me again today. I first want to give a shout out to all of my Patreon supporters. We've got Shell Pace at the $50 level, Sam and Angela Shelke at the $20.20. We've got Plandemic Reprimando at $17.76 a month. It's Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, Frank DePaula. Kevin Alanos has made his own $10 level, the refined and not burned $5 level with Linda, Emmy, Joe, Pat and Bev, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Don, Jennifer, and then Courage is Contagious at $1 a month. We've got Amanda, Jay, Spetsnasty, Darrell, and Suzanne. Today I have a very special guest. He lives in a different country. He lives in Mexico, and he has a little more freedom in Mexico, surprisingly. You know, we're supposed to be the land of the, the free, and, and in medicine it doesn't really seem like that these days. But I have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Manuel Aprecio. Ooh, I think I just butchered it. Don't worry. Can you say you it for me? Well, Sam. <laughs> Manuel Aparicio. Aparicio. Yes. Yes, sir. Well, there you um, go. It, it's all right. Please call me Sam, and if it's all right, I'll call you Manuel. Of course. Of course, Sam. We'll do it that way. And so just before we started, you were telling me how your your official training is in spinal surgery and pediatric spinal surgery at that. But over the past three years, you've kind of found a new path where you're still doing the spinal surgery, which is incredible to find time to do anything else. If you know anything about medicine, like when you do one thing, you do that one thing and you do it all day long and more than all day long. But he's found time to treat over 8,000 patients in the past few years using a new, a new novel treatment. And there is one little disclaimer that I must date at the beginning is that anything we say today is not medical advice and should not be construed as medical advice. It is merely for educational purposes only. Very good, Sam. Yes, as you said, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I have a special training in pediatric orthopedics and spinal surgery. And before the pandemic, I can say that I was pretty much blind about everything in medicine. Everything is conducted the way they want it to be. And during the start of the pandemic, at the beginning of 2020, I started to study about the, the COVID and, and any treatment available in the world. And there was nothing available that was clear to heal COVID. So I started to look into chlorine dioxide. It was very interesting to me. 
And I did some research. I read some articles. I talked with Andreas Kalker, who's the biophysicist who made the, the new version of chlorine dioxide, which is called CDS. And he convinced me about trying it in, in the COVID-19 patients. I started with a couple of patients with very mild cases, and they healed almost in 24 hours, 48 hours at the most. And so I started to use it in the more severe patients. And now, as you said, I've treated over 8,000 patients with COVID-19. Right now, it's not the problem. You know it. Right now, we are facing the jab injury problem around the world. And we are also treating it with a treatment on chlorine dioxide. And we're very successful so far, gratefully, Sam. That's wonderful. And so some people may not know, and I'll put a link down below so that they can go check out the universalantidote.com. That's the universalantidote.com. And there's a great documentary there. And I've been able to speak with the creator of that at one point. And he explains what MMS is and he explains what CDS is. But can you explain a little bit of that to us? Yes. Well, MMS is like the the initial form of chlorine dioxide. It's very practical. This was made up by Jim Humble, the engineer. He was so bright. And, and he started using it in South America to treat malaria with great success. All the patients healed in 24 hours. And it consists in activating sodium chloride with chloridic acid at the moment. You can, you can activate it with citric acid or any acid. That, that, that's not a difference. But you can activate it on the moment. And with low doses, or like many, many pathologies, you can use MMS without any problems. But when you want to use higher doses, it is better to use CDS, which is chlorine dioxide solution. That is a gas that is saturated into water. It's prepared before. And the concentrated amount of chlorine dioxide, which is at 3,000 parts per million, you dilute it in water and take it in different doses depending on the pathology. But for example, in the COVID-19 patients who had respiratory failure at the beginning of the treatment, we had to use very high doses to, to start the treatment. And that with CDS would give very bad Hirschheimer reaction because of the dose and the detoxicity of the, of the treatment. But with chlorine dioxide, you can use higher doses with very, very few adverse events. And you had mentioned Hirschheimer reaction. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like an adverse event, but we don't call it adverse event because it is transient. It goes away. So when you're taking chlorine dioxide, meaning MMS or CDS, whatever you choose to take, if you have many toxins in your system, you're going to get detoxed from chlorine dioxide. So as, as more toxins you have, the, the more probability to develop a Hirschheimer reaction. But as I told you, it's transient because you're, you're detoxifying your body. So as toxins go away, those adverse events will go away too. So what we do when we have a Hirschheimer reaction, we lower the dose, for example, to half the dose, and then we increase the dose gradually, like one cc or one activated drop a day until we get to the, to the dose that we want to treat any pathologist. But that's why we call it Hirschheimer reaction and not adverse event. Because, for example, of any drug, I don't know, diclofenac, if you have an adverse event that can be a gastritis, if you keep taking the, the, the clofenac, you'll have more gastritis. 
even, even though you lower the dose, doesn't matter because it's an adverse event in that body. But with chlorine dioxide, if you lower the dose and then reach the, the ideal dose, then those symptoms will disappear. That's why it's, it's a Hirschheimer reaction and not an adverse event. That's actually a perfect, great explanation of it. And I think one of the things is for the takeaway is if you're if you decide it's right for you to use for yourself and your family, just because you have this this unusual reaction, maybe some loose stools or or whatever it is, that doesn't mean don't do it ever again. That means back off the dose, cut it in That's half, right. like, like you had mentioned, and and get a good product and and hopefully have always someone to guide you in the treatment because as everything in medicine, Sam, you know it, and, and you have to know how to use a substance to heal at any disease. And if you know how to use it, how to apply it, how to start a dose, how to increase it gradually, depending on the, on the evolution of each patient, because that's why we are individuals. Everyone responds differently to any substance. So if you have a good guidance, then you'll have a good success in your treatment. And that's very important. What other illnesses or disease processes have you treated with chlorine dioxide? Oh, that's, that's a great question, Sam, because at the beginning when they told me that chlorine dioxide could heal diabetes and autoimmune diseases, cancer, whatever, you name it, obviously viruses, bacteria, fungi, parasites, small parasites, I couldn't believe it. As a scientist, I said, no, this is, this is no way possible. There's no substance in the world that can heal many things. But now, after three years of using and learning, along with chlorine dioxide, we know that the mechanism of action of chlorine dioxide is so complex, it is based on energy and voltages in the cell. And if you imagine that chlorine dioxide can align the voltage or the energy in the cells, so, because, as you know, every single disease represents a lack of energy. And chlorine dioxide will equalize that energy. So that's why it helps in so many diseases. At the beginning, we thought that chlorine dioxide was an oxidizing therapy. And right now, we know that it oxidizes some substances or some pathologies. But if you have something that is has a higher voltage than chlorine dioxide, then it, it can act as an alkalinizator. So in the other way around. So it equalizes the disease. So it's very interesting. We are doing lab research about chlorine dioxide because we don't know. We have no certainty of how it does it work, for example, for cancer. We have some theories and we're proving them in the lab. But it is very interesting how is it that it acts in, in cancer patients and in, in the very invasive cancer patients. So chlorine dioxide is not a simple oxidizer. It's a very, very big substance that we can take with a, a lot of advantages for many pathologies, but we have to know how to use it. That is the key, Sam. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I... I've had another orthopedic spinal surgeon on quite a few times. Her name is Dr. Lee Merritt. And we were talking a little bit about chlorine dioxide. And and she believes that most cancers, if not all cancers, are related to parasites, which that would make a lot of sense. If you're killing the parasite and that's causing the cancer, then you're going to wipe out the cancer at the same time you take out the parasite. That is correct, Sam. Yes, it's a new perspective for me. 
Because if three years ago you would have told me that cancer was associated with viruses and parasites, I would say, you're crazy. You're totally crazy. What you're saying, it doesn't make sense. But right now, as I have learned a lot in this pandemic, you have to unlearn to keep learning. If you don't do that, then you won't learn. If you don't have the capability in your brain to take out the bad knowledge and taking new knowledge, which is this pandemic has brought a lot of things and a lot of good things. And if you don't unlearn that you have to take care of the God first to treat any disease, then as a doctor, you're going to fail. If, if you're going to have remedies and not real solutions for your patients. And remedies, anyone can give to the patients. A remedy can be something to take away the headache. But if you want to go deep and see why is the headache present, it, and you go to the origins and you take care of that, then you will really heal the patient. You will not give that patient a remedy, but a, a real complete, complete solution. That that's that has been one of the most difficult things because just before the whole COVID thing started, and I'm sure the listeners have heard me say this before, but I stumbled across a different way of eating to help with one of my. Di I was diagnosed with narcolepsy and a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet. A, a, some where you're in ketosis. I heard that that helps, and I'm like, well, this goes against everything I've ever learned. It just it took the whole food pyramid, flipped it upside down, and I was literally walking around in kind of a daze for a month just trying to like figure out what was up and down just from that one little thing, just food. And it makes perfect sense. What have people been eating for 10,000 years? They've been eating fatty meat. <laughs> it hasn't been causing heart attacks. So why would it make, what sense does it make that all of a sudden we're having heart attacks and strokes and, and all these horrible and diabetes and from the stuff we've always eaten? Well, that's they, what they say is causing it is not what's causing it. I, I know Sam. Yeah, Hippocrates said it, and, and he said it many times. Be the food, be your medicine, and your medicine be your food. Whatever you take is what your body is going to respond to. I'm going to give you a, a, a hard example that I passed in my life. My, my, my oldest son, he has epilepsy. And I went to at least 10 pediatric neurologists to treat him. And he wasn't responding to medication. And in all the cases, I asked the, the pediatric neurologist, hey, doc, what about a diet? What about if we change the diet? And without any exemptions, they all said, that has nothing to do with the disease that your kid has. After, yes, I know, I can't I can, I can simply understand it. So after searching a lot of things and looking for alternative treatments, we started a special diet, like a type of ketogenic diet, specialized for, for the kid. And we took away gluten, we took away sugars, we took away dairy products with a very strict way. And that's the only way that my son stopped having these epilepsy events. And I, I can't believe it, really, because the medicine is not training us to heal the patients. The medicine has trained us to prescribe medications to control the symptoms and not to really heal the patient. And that is really sad, Sam. That's why, and now I believe it, that's why I choose orthopedics. There's a lot of orthopedic surgeons that are doing right now alternative medicine, and I know why, because I chose this orthopedic pathway 
because I didn't like the, the science fiction behind the medicines. And uh, if you have this symptom, then give this medicine. I, I never liked that. I always liked the objective things. You have a fracture, you have to heal it. You have to put a plate and screws. You have to put a, a, an intramedal nailing or you have to do whatever you want. But you, you see it and you execute the treatment and then the patient gets healed after the fracture is healed. So I was convinced that I was helping patients. And right now with the COVID pandemic, that no one was treating the patients until they were in a bad condition. That was a very bad advice. We have to treat the patients in the first symptom. And they responded perfectly fine. If you go all the way into the complications until they have a very severe pneumonia, then you'll fail in the treatment. And that's the way to solve the problem for the patients. Go to the origins, solve all the things that cause the disease, and then you have a, a patient that was really healed and not as a remedy, but a healer. That's an incredible perspective. I never thought that, because, you know, I wanted to be a surgeon when I was in med school, and, you know, I did 11 weeks general surgery rotations, and I was like, this is not the lifestyle I want to have. This is a rough lifestyle. So I applaud you for for doing a residency subspecialty and then and keep going. But, but yeah, I, I like that idea of something's broken, let's fix it. And, and that's kind of what led me into family medicine is, is I like to, the different side of it is I like to talk to people as well, but I still have that, that mindset of, well, let's get to the root cause. Let's not just, you know, mask it over, put a bandaid on top. Let's get to the root of it. And this chlorine dioxide seems to get to the root of a lot of issues. That is correct, Sam. Yeah, it goes to, to the origins of the pathologies because of this energy, because of all the, we are energy. All our cells have energy. They move and they communicate through energy. So if you have a substance that can align that energy, then you'll have detoxification on your body. You'll have selectivity, for example, for the, for the cancer treatment. Chlorine dioxide is very select because cancer cells have a more acidity around them, you know? They have a swollen process, they have different charges. So that's why chlorine dioxide acts selectively in cancer cells. That is the very valuable thing. And for those doctors that tell me, no, 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 that's, that's impossible. You cannot treat cancer with metastasis with a substance, with chlorine dioxide. Well, I'm about to publish a paper about cancer and chlorine dioxide. And I'm working right now with a very, very experienced oncology radiation doctor that is in Europe. And, and we're working together in the lab and outside the lab to, to treat more patients with cancer. That now is a very common thing with the, with the jab adverse events that we're seeing cancer every day in, ev in, in every single family. There is a case or there is a known case of cancer. And the only common pattern is that they got vaccinated three or four times, mostly with mRNA vaccines. And we're treating them with chlorine dioxide and other supplements, but based on chlorine dioxide with very good results. So let me just pause for a moment to say, don't get any more vaccines, please. Don't let your family get them. If you have children in your family, you have grandchildren, please don't let your grandchildren get these things. These are a bioweapon, you know, and, and so you may not agree with that stance. I know that's a hard line stance and you may agree with it, but I encourage the listener to go back to my episode number 33, where I show all the public source documentation where it is a bioweapon in part developed by China. 
That is totally correct, Sam. We've been saying this for over now two years, and people have attacked us a lot. But when they attack me, I say, okay, please let me know what do I gain by saying that these jab, experimental jabs are going to do a lot more harm than good. What do I gain with that? What is my benefit? Nothing. Just to get attacked. Just to be insulted. And, and I'm doing it as a doctor because I'm genuinely concerned about humanity and what is coming afterwards. So if you as an adult decided by yourself to get vaccinated, well, not vaccinated, inoculated with this experimental injection and gene therapy, then that would be your decision. But please, we'll never do it in your children. Do not do it in your children because you will regret it for all your life. They're going to have problems with their development and their reproducibility and all the things that are going to come with years that we don't know of with this new technology applied in humans. So I would advise adults to really think before inoculating the children. Yes, in an episode that is not published at, at this time, but should be published before this episode goes out, I'm speaking with Dr. Robert Chandler, and he gives this solemn and grave warning that, that little boys and men who have received this jab may be infertile forever. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a study. It, 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 uh, the, the spike protein and the mRNA information gets stuck in the organs, in the reproductive organs, also in, in the brain and in the heart because it goes more with the electrical activities higher. So this, this is causing a lot of damage. We are seeing it already, and we do not know, Sam, what is going to happen in five or ten years. The kids are going to develop more autoimmune diseases, and they're going to have really big trouble about re reproducing themselves. So, yes, we are seeing the tip of the iceberg right now, and all the bad things, are, I think, are going to come within years. But there's hope. There's always hope. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be too down on the bad things that's right yes I, we we have a, a a very strict way of seeing things at the comusef the the organization that i proceed the world of health and life coalition that for every problem we have to give a solution there is no problems without solutions so for that we developed an anti-inoculation protocol. It's an AI protocol. We named it on purpose as an AI protocol, anti-inoculation protocol. Know that is also for artificial intelligence protocol. And this protocol helps patients that have been jabbed to detox before they start having adverse events. Because once they have adverse events, you have to address individually to each patient because one might have diabetes and one might have a, a, a vascular event in the brain and another one can have an autoimmune disease or cancer and that has to be treated individually, you know. But like in a general matter, you can do this detox protocol after the jab and you will avoid most probably the adverse events of the jab within, within the, the weeks or months, no? And do you have a link for that? Can you send it to me so I can link it down below? Yep, they, they, they can go into the, our webpage. It's comusav, C-O-M-U-S-A-V dot com. 
and they can get into the page. Yet we have in English, in, in Spanish, and we have some information in German and in other languages, and they can get into the AI protocol and you can download it. It's a presentation and I explain how to take it in Spanish or in English. And uh, well, any doubts, you, you can write there a message and we'll answer whatever you, whatever you need or whatever information you need, we can provide it. Awesome. I was just going to ask if it was in English also. That's a wonderful service you're doing for humanity. What other unusual disease processes have you seen and treated? And I'm going to give a quick little anecdote that I've seen. I've seen a man who his son was starting to have an anaphylactic reaction. And which, I mean, you know, for a young young boy, that, that can be a traumatic event, right? Because you, you feel the throat closing up. you The saliva is pooling in the mouth. And what are the options? You stab him with an EpiPen and go to the emergency room. Like, that's all trauma. <laughs> and so this man gave his son some CDS. It was a pretty high concentration. From what I understand is he tasted it before he gave it to his son, and it actually burned his mouth and was a little tingly for a while. But his son took a, from the story is his son took a couple sips, and then the burning of the throat went away, and it was replaced with a different kind of tingling from, I, th I think, from the strength of the chlorine, the CDS, the chlorine dioxide solution. And then the reaction went away, and he never had to stab his son with an EpiPen. That's correct. Yeah, we have to have, everyone should have in a, in a rescue bag chlorine dioxide because it can help you do many things. If you get bit by a spider or a scorpion or whatever, if you take chlorine dioxide, you put it on the side, of, you, you get the, the, the pinch of any insect, you can save your life. <laughs> and that's for real. And, and we have detox pools for big animals, how to take it and how to apply it. And if you're, for example, in the nature where there's no hospital, you should carry some chlorine dioxide to take it if, if any event goes on. And as I told you before, Sam, it is an equalizer. It equalizes also the poison of many, many poisonous insects. So, yes, uh, chlorine dioxide can save lives. And it has some pretty much amazing effects on, on the body of many, many people. We have a lot of cases that have told their story. And they got like amazed with, with the evolution. And we have published some of these cases in the literature. But it is amazing how chlorine dioxide can help you solve many unsolved problems that regular medicine cannot take care of. This is not, I mean, regular medicine can take an aphylactic reaction, you know, but it's a very aggressive way to do it, as you said, an EpiPen and then an IV and cortisone or whatever. No? And with chlorine dioxide, it's a very natural way to do it. You of the chlorine dioxide and that's it it'll stop the anaphylactic reaction no so it's it's a thing that we are struggling to 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 get authorized by by all the authorities worldwide but there should be a chlorine dioxide rescue bottle in first aid kit in the world now i'm gonna i'm gonna direct the, the listeners and the viewers to go check out the link below and i'm gonna tell it it's the universal antidote.com go to the universal antidote.com watch that documentary they're gonna explain how you can make this in your own house or if you want to purchase parts of it you can purchase it and make it yourself that way what's a good way let's say someone watched the videos they made some cds at three thousand parts per million what's a good way to store it so they can have it with them well, that's a very good question. Uh, you have to keep it away from the sunlight. The, the sunlight, the UV uh, radiation, deactivates chlorine dioxide very rapidly. So you should maintain it away from the sun and try to avoid also high temperatures because it will lose power. So if you keep it in a, in a dark place, 
even better in a fridge. It keeps perfectly well preserved for over six months. You have to close it very well because it is a gas. If the bottle is not is not well closed, then it will evaporate as any gas, like like, like any any soda. You know, if you leave it a little bit open, you'll have no gas. And that's the same thing about chlorine dioxide. That's the CDS. But for example, to to travel, for example, to the woods, then you take the MMS. You take the sodium chloride and your activator, any acid, chloridic acid or citric acid, and you can activate it in the moment and drink it without any temperature or sun issues because you're activating it at the moment. If you have a CDS, which is already activated, you have to, to keep it away from the sun and the high temperatures. Okay. Yeah, one thing that I've been doing are theoretically have been doing is I have those little eyedroppers, those little black eyedroppers that are plastic and I'll fill that up. And if I go out to eat, because I've noticed whenever I go out to eat and I drink the water, I tend to get ill and I tend to get COVID like symptoms. And so I, I just put a couple drops in the water and I haven't been getting ill anytime I go out to eat. That's very important, Sam. You, you, you have a good point here. If you have the CDS, with one cc in one liter of water, you'll take away all the viruses, bacteria, fungi, and small parasites away from the water. If you have MMS with one activated water per liter, then you'll have the same effect. And right now we know that that water is pretty contaminated around the world, like almost everywhere. So if we go to any place where they pour water then we should decontaminate it with chlorine dioxide. You have a very, very good water, good quality water to, to get intake. Right. Any cases that you've treated or seen or heard of, of metastatic cancer that seem to improve or, or, or better? Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of them. Right now, the article that I'm going to publish is about three cases with metastatic cancer pretty bad. The patients were not responding to allopathic treatment and we did the treatment with chlorine dioxide and they all healed. Wow. They have a follow-up of at least 24 months. They're not taking any immunotherapy or chemotherapy and they're maintaining their cells with a ketogenic diet and with chlorine dioxide with extraordinary results. And we have a bunch of cases like that. It doesn't work in all cases of metastatic cancer, but it works in a lot more than the conventional treatment, the chemo and, and immunotherapy, even though that we know that immunotherapy is a lot more better than chemotherapy. The immunotherapy has a lot of progression in the last few years, and that can help a lot in the patient, but they do not respond well to metastatic cancer. So when you have metastatic cancer, we use chlorine dioxide, it can be used orally via enema and inter and they respond pretty well. But but as any disease, you have to go to the origin of the disease. So you have to take care of the gut, you have to change your, your, your intakes, your food, your diet, your supplements, and you have to integratively treat the patient. And you have very good results. But yes, I've seen by myself as an orthopedic surgeon, patients being healed with chlorine dioxide. Imagine if an oncologist was open to this treatment. He could save a lot of lives. Wow, that's like 
it's total miracles that you're seeing. It's just amazing. And I want to make sure that I understood you correctly. You said the first thing you have to take care of is you say your God. Your God, God, your second brain, your intestines. Yes, the 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 intestine is your immune system, basically. So it, it, there's more neurons in in your intestine than than in your brain. So. If you feed them well, if you have a good response with your gut, then you'll have a good response to the disease. If you don't take care of the gut, and sorry about my pronunciation, my friend, but yes, it seems like if you don't take care of the gut with chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases, cancer, etc., you won't heal the patient. That is for sure. Because I was, I was hoping that was a good segue to, and I don't know what your religious preferences are if, or if you have any, but how having God, whatever you that is to you, to me, it's, you know, Jesus and, and the God of the Bible. That's a really important part of healing and, and getting your body right. And often that part is forgotten about by many doctors. Completely, completely, I concur with you, Sam. And I'm a Catholic, and I always respect all type of religions. I just say whatever you, your beliefs are, you have to think about that energy and focus on that energy that is going to heal you in that. We have the three things, you know, the biological, the physical, and the spiritual part. And if you're healed also with the spiritual part, then you have a better response in your, uh, in your diseases. So you have to take care of the three parts. And, uh, yeah, I respect everything. Uh, all the patients, all the beliefs are completely respected by myself, yes. Yes, and I think that's that's important. You know, you, you're you're sounding like a, a family medicine doc and a, <laughs> more than a surgeon, which is great because usually surgeons just have a completely different. <laughs> and I, I certainly don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as the highest compliment. But yeah, I think that's that's great that that you do look at all three of those parts. It is important. Yes, and yeah, it is important. The patient has to heal in all the three fronts. If you have one of these three that is not functioning well, that you won't be completely healed. You will be partially healed. So the patient has to take care of that, about that energy, whatever he, his beliefs are. It is an energy and it is very powerful. Okay. What other things do you want us to, would you like to tell us about some of the chlorine dioxide and like practically using, like, you know, like we discussed how to store it and how to transport it, but what other practical things have you noticed? Well, if you are, for example, around uh, sick people, if you have in, in your house anyone that has a virus or a bacteria or whatever, you should take the chlorine dioxide in a prophylactic way. And that prophylactic way, it's consistent 10 cc or 10 activated drops in one liter of water, taking it through the day. And you can also, for example, in, in my case, if my wife is sick and she has the flu, and I, I sleep with her every night. I'm not going to stop doing that because she has a flu. So I would put some chlorine dioxide in, in, in right next to my bed in, in, in a little tequila device here in Mexico. It's very popular. And you, you just pour it in there, and it will evaporate through the night and will sterilize the room. So you won't be contaminated, even though your wife is right next to you. You know, So that, that's the H protocol, the room protocol. H for Spanish habitación is, is the room protocol and it works pretty well. And what I do as a doctor, and, and I think that everybody should do it right now in, in these crazy times, I carry my sprayer with chlorine dioxide. Any sprayer, any device that you have it, you put one third 
of chlorine dioxide and two-thirds of saline solution. And you can spray it in your eyes, in your nose, in your hands, whatever. You can spray it as many times as you want. And you'll get away the virus and the bacteria of touching everyone, you know. So that's very practical and you can carry it everywhere. You can have it in your in your pocket. And it helps a lot. It helped me a lot. I, I didn't wear a, a, a mask when I saw the patients with COVID. I just used the, the, the sprayer of chlorine dioxide because a mask that is used in a long fashion, it will deteriorate your immune system. So you should not wear masks for a prolonged period. Masks are for doctors who are doing surgery or are with a contaminated patient. That's it. And chlorine dioxide can help you to eradicate viruses, bacteria, etc. in the moment. So for the COVID-19 patients, I didn't use face masks and I've never used it and I'm never going to use it because it doesn't work. The size of the virus is a lot smaller than, than the holes that are in the mask. So it is just absurd to use it and to think that that's going to help you preventing anything. Yeah, even to further your point, the N95, which is the best mask that we have, it can stop particles 0.3 microns. And the the alleged size of the COVID virus, if that, that's what it is, is 0.15 microns. So it's half the size, meaning it will whiz through both directions. And it's so tiny, it will never hit the ground. It'll never settle to the ground. It takes more than 56 hours to, to settle to the ground. So it essentially never touches the ground. So you're just covering your face, causing more problems, retaining CO2, and, and dehumanizing yourself and everyone around you. Exactly. That was the, the main goal, I think, dehumanization. Because, I mean, kids, they suffered a lot. And they were, I was, I was laughing, but this is, this is nothing to laugh about. But when my kids were in, in electronic sessions at their school, and they made them use the mask. I said, no, 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 there's no way. I mean, what are you what are you telling me? And then when they went back to the school for a few months, they had to use the face mask. The face mask. I was really concerned about it because there are studies that have proved that kids that use face masks in a prolonged fashion, they will have a learning issue afterwards because they are not optimizing the oxygen consumption in the brain. They will they will not in the same rhythm that the kids that are not using it and, and having a good oxygenation. So, I mean, th this has been absurd all, all the way around. I mean, since the beginning and all the measures were completely absurd. They were never proven. And now we are seeing the problems about those measures now. Yeah. And a couple other things about the mask is, I mean, you don't learn facial cues. So, you know, when you get that weird feeling that you're around someone that just, just makes you feel weird, you don't really know what it is, but you just want to leave the area. Well, kids won't learn that. And they'll be more susceptible to predators, I fear, because they're not seeing the face and the facial expression. And they're going to be more apt to get dental caries, get cavities in their mouth, because when you have a mask on, you tend to mouth breathe, which dries out your mouth and allows bacteria to take over. That's right. And the social expression and, and, and all the relationships in between the kids is altered because of the expression. So it is that from the beginning to the end, kids would never have to use any face like that. It's just absurd. Your spray bottle idea of having the, the one-third, two-thirds, that made me think of the nebulizer. Are you using a nebulizer in treatment? Yes. It has to be used by a doctor. Because chlorine dioxide has to be used in perfect doses to use it by inhalation because that, that's the easiest way to get intoxicated with chlorine dioxide. If you take it orally, 
you will not get intoxicated. It is almost impossible. You would have to take five liters of the concentrated chlorine dioxide to get intoxicated, to get to the LD50, the dose that kills 50% of the people. You have to take five liters of the concentrated chlorine dioxide. You, you will not be able to take half a liter, even if you want it in one day. But the inhalated doses are a little bit more delicate. So like the IV, like the intravenous protocol that has to be done by doctors, I recommend the nebulizing protocol to be supervised by doctors or nurses. What we do is whenever we have a respiratory problem, for example, right now we're seeing cancer patients with lung metastasis, then we need the chlorine dioxide, the closer to the problem. So if we have lung metastasis, we have to give it nebulized. So what we use is three cc's of saline solution and three drops of chlorine dioxide at 3,000 parts per million. And we use it once, twice, or three times a day. In the patients with pneumonia due to COVID, we used it nebulized for many days, and it worked perfectly. The patients with pneumonia were a very bad pneumonia with CORATS-5 and the new classification, the CORATS-6. They were at the end of the treatment without fibrosis. The, 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 the lung was completely normal. It looked like nothing had happened in there. So it works pretty well, and you have to combine it. The principles of chlorine dioxide is the closer, the better, and the more time that you use it, the better result you're going to get. So a lot of hours during the day and the closer to the problem. Not big doses in low time, too, but lower doses in, in a lot of hours during the day. That is, that is the key management for, for chlorine dioxide. Perfect. And what about eating? Because I've heard some people say, oh, you need to fast while you're doing it. Other people say that doesn't matter as much as just little dose all day long. You know, is there certain foods that deactivate it or make it less effective? Yes. Antioxidants can deactivate chlorine dioxide. For example, if you take vitamin C, even though if you take it at night, for example, and then and the next day you take chlorine dioxide, it will not have the same action because vitamin C is kind of like accumulating in the body as you take it more days. So I would advise patients that are taking chlorine dioxide not to take vitamin C. If you want to take vitamin C, then do it, but quit for a few days, chlorine dioxide, and then start taking vitamin C again. You can take like regular antioxidants without a problem with at least one hour separation. Same as any food. One hour before and one hour after any intake, you should stop taking chlorine dioxide. If you're drinking, for example, coffee or tea, you have to stop half an hour before and after. And another important thing is that if you're doing fasting, and that's a very, very common question, they tell me, I do fasting 18 or 20 hours a day. Can I take chlorine dioxide? Yes, of course. And fasting is a great way of healing. You have to do it. In, in a controlled manner. You cannot do fasting like, I'm not going to eat for 36 hours and that's it. No, no, no. You should do it in a controlled fashion. Start prolonging that fasting in hours. Start with 14, then go to 15, 16, etc. until your body is adapting to that changes. And there are a lot of good things about fasting. Your, your body is going to respond well. Remember again, the gut. The gut, you have to heal it. And with fasting, you make it rest. You have a better immune response. But you can take chlorine dioxide, even though if you're fasting 20 hours, you can take chlorine dioxide in those 20 hours. And then if you're going to eat 
those four hours, then you stop taking carbon dioxide those four hours and take it afterwards again. So yes, you can do it, but you have to separate one hour before and after. And with medication, it's the same thing. One hour before and one hour after. We are still doing some studies of specific substances to combine it with chlorine dioxide. Right now, we know that just a few substances that cannot go along with chlorine dioxide, very few. Most of them, you can administer them. And the worst case scenario would be that the chlorine dioxide would be inactivated for a few hours. And that's it. That's the worst case scenario. So it's not too bad. So have you found any contraindications of medications or disease processes that would be an absolute contraindication to try chlorine dioxide? Yeah, well, in the paper, Fabism, yeah, in, in Fabism, it is a, a, like like in the paper, is a contraindication for chlorine dioxide because any, any people that has Fabism cannot take any oxidative therapy because they will have an hemolytic anemia, you know, but that was in the paper. Because now that we know that chlorine dioxide is not only an oxidizer, but it's an equalizer, I have two families with Fabism that took chlorine dioxide and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And as I told you, chlorine dioxide, is, it acts according to where does it have to act and what cell he has to interfere with. So in the paper, we said at the beginning, do not take, if you have Fabism, do not take chlorine dioxide. And another example is if, you, if you're taking warfarin, the very coumarin or warfarin, the very old fashioned anticoagulant, then you have to take care. And that's true because you, have, you can have bleeding. Because all the warfarin and acetylcoumarin patients have the INR, the, the, the index of coagulability, prolonged. So you have to take tests before you take chlorine dioxide and start taking chlorine dioxide and lower the dose of warfarin. So you have a, 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 like, like an even response. But that is mainly the, the only thing that you should be like, be like really with care if you're taking. Wow. So I wonder if, if your INR could normalize so much that you could maybe come off the warfarin, if there's any, you know, if there's any future studies of that. If it if it makes your blood so just just in the right spot where you're able to to come off that, I know. Even though uh, there are a lot of cardiologists that are still prescribing warfarin or acetylcholine, and there are very good quality new anticoagulants that have a, a reduced effect and do not alter the parameters in the blood. So maybe. Uh, there would be no more indications for warfarin or acetylcholine. That's not my, my area of specialty, but there are very advanced oral anticoagulants that have a great effect without prolonging the, the, the timing of the coagulation. So, yeah, I think that there are some things in, in medicine that have been used for years and are not necessarily indicated nowadays with, with, with all the new substances available for medicine. Well, wonderful. I want to be respectful of your time because you're a very busy man and you're doing wonderful things in this world. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on. And I and the listeners don't know, but there was some technical difficulties. I tried to get you on one day and some 18-wheeler hit a bunch of fiber cables and like the whole town was out. And But I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing this, this information. No, no. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for this interview. We can talk again whenever you want. And we'll find some time for sure, as we have find some time for the interviews. And, and I really want to thank you for this effort. And I hope to see you soon, dear Sam. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get some questions and line them up and, and see if we can do some Q&A in, in the yeah, future. Yeah. That would be That's great. I, I love to do Q&As because that, that solves a lot of questions in, in the audience. So if, if, if people send you some questions, send them to me or we'll do it live without any problems, any question. I've been doing this for three years, so I'm kind of an expert right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you, sir, and God bless you, and, and you know, just keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you for this interview, and we'll keep uh, working for humanity and giving solution to, to all the people that has a problem nowadays. Just a reminder for everyone out there, in duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear. Are you concerned about not having food for your family around the house? With these troubling times, having food for you and your family is one of the most important things. Please take a look at Harvest Right freeze dryers. Use the link below. See if it's right for you and your family. You can freeze dry meat, fruit, vegetables if you still eat them, and even some not strong foods or some weak foods that I call them that are great for morale. Ice cream is really good. <laughs>